0: It's time for The Steelman and Thune at Noon with Mike Steele and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Text the show on the Kniffelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune.
1: Parker will be in uh, coming up here in an hour he'll be on uh, locked in with Tyler McComas he'll be on the rush today as well we do have Brandon Drummond sticking around for one more segment he yep. loves being on the ref so much he He wants – we're going to have to push him out of here is what – we're going to have to get to the (laughs) presser, dude. you got to go talk to the players. Uh, That's going to be happening about 150. But seriously, we appreciate Brandon coming in today, OU Insider. You guys know uh, Brandon and his work, and uh, he's a recruiting guru. He and Parker do a great job on OU Insider. The recruiting industry is a very big business, very big business. I mean, it's huge. Uh, All right, but we've talked a ton of recruiting. I want to have you react to some of the things that Brent – had to say today and um let's hear first that you know everybody's more excited Uh, we've heard about competitive depth and they've got a lot more options on both sides of the football particularly on defense uh they have a lot more options but uh, brent did say today to the media the sooners are still very much a work in progress
2: we got a lot of work to do to be um good let alone elite and so you mentioned the elite defenses of of Oklahoma and the elite de- defenses of Clemson <laughs> uh, we, we got a lot of work to do a lot and uh, but our guys are putting the work in and we'll be there if they keep their uh, you know their head down and and uh, and us as, as a staff continue to be uh, honest with ourselves and find ways to constantly get better uh, you know we got to have humility and the right kind of vision as well as the leaders and the coaches and 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 then believing in again what it takes how to develop guys how to teach them and coach them and bring out the best in them that's what a a coach you know is is charged to do i want a humble football team i'm gonna run the football i want to play great defense and, and and until you can say those things we're not anywhere you know close to you know where where we need to be yet and uh but uh believe in the guys and, and the work that they've put in uh, over the last you know six seven months and the improvements that we made and uh both in scheme and uh you know in our development
1: all right uh so what do you think uh, this Oklahoma schedule we're talking about, again, it's not a real imposing schedule. And the Sooners have a lot more uh, options on both sides of the football. But last year in those one-loss games, they were not good. They, they weren't good in the fourth quarter. Brent talked about the depth. will help right. out there. But w- what are your realistic expectations for this Oklahoma team heading into the fall? I,
3: I get asked that all the time. And my, my, my answer is, it stays the same, but it varies just a little bit. It depends on the day. I, I, for me, it's a nine and three to a ten and two type season. I think is realistic right now. Still looking at the schedule, though, it's really hard for me to to find three losses. And I, I, I did. I, I think it was. I'm trying to remember the CBS, the the podcast that they have with with Bud. Elliot and mm-hmm. uh Danny Cannell and all those guys. Right, yeah. And so I was watching them and they was they said the same thing I've been saying for months, and it's they went down the schedule and they're like, I can't find three legitimate losses there. Like I don't expect them to be there there's no way possible they can lose five games by three points again. Like that mathematically impossible. It was almost like Oklahoma was being repaid or paying the pentance for What happened in 2021 with all those close wins? Yeah. And so now 2022, you're going to lose all those games. Now you just see if you can outright outright win all the games in 2023, which I think they will. I I just see a potential loss there with Texas – Obviously, I think Texas might be better than Oklahoma. They are roster wise, but two
1: week stretch at KU and at Oklahoma State are we just overlooking that? I mean, look, no, no, no. It so be. I've always said I think Kansas is the one that's being overlooked by a lot of that's people. The,
3: that's 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 my third one. If there's going to be a third one on there, I, I don't think Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State. I don't, I don't think I don't they have think the they, quarterback.
1: I don't think they will either. We'll see how Alan Bowman – uh, I've know, known that kid
3: since he was Bowman. five years old because yeah. his sister played on my cousin's uh, soccer program, the 92 Stars. Really? When they won the national wow. title and all that. So I've known that. His dad won the national title as a tight end, scored the t- winning touchdown, Penn State over Georgia back in 1981 or 82, something like that. And um, I've known that kid for since he was a little bit. So bitty. you think he
1: holds off Rangale? Ah, I, I don't know. Bowman. I
0: think he, I, I, I'm, I'm
3: he's to be, really, be the guy. I think so, but I think at the end of the day, I think Ringo probably. Here's yeah. the
1: one thing, though. It seems like Mike Gundy, when you just think, eh, it's not looking good for Mike Gundy right now, he finds a way. Last right, year, yeah. you know, it was, it was so unlike Oklahoma State because they just cratered, you know. By the way, and I was listening to the old Miss guy. on with T. Rowe and uh, T.J. this morning, and I think we all – Knew that Jackson Dart was going to be the starter, but he, mm-hmm. he didn't sound like Spencer Sanders was going to be much of a factor.
3: That's so crazy. Yeah. That tells you how good of a coach Gundy is just as far as winning and keeping the team. Like, And he put Spencer Sanders in position to be successful. I, I But we always thought he was kind of overrated, like us that were away from the Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State fans just swore by him. And well, there were some. That there would were some swear that did at him. At too, him. Yeah, but know. a lot of times they loved him because he won so much.
1: No, and again, it was always the turnover issue. Yep. Um, all right. So one more clip from Brent because I think you can speak to this uh, recruiting philosophy is what I get here uh, when he's talking about the the kids he's trying to get into his program and how he approaches that. Uh, this was Brent earlier today
2: last thing I want is to deal with uh, prima donnas or guys that want something for nothing. You know, I got to promise them to get them here. Something. And I'm not not compromising uh, who we are. And for our players, what I want them to know is like competition is going to make everybody better. My job is to bring in somebody every year to beat you out. That's what a a championship program, that's the vision of a championship program. Your job is to worry about your opportunity and do the best with it that you can. Have the right mindset, the right attitude, the right effort, uh, the right ability to respond uh the toughness you control all of those things we're gonna give you a lot we're gonna give you you know amazing apartments and amazing nutrition and strength and conditioning and elite recovery and brand new suits But you got to bring effort and attitude and guts and toughness i can't give that to you and and you gotta you you make a conscious decision to bring that every single day that travels you can put that in the suitcase and travel with that but you can't your stars and your scholarships and your high school uh, accolades uh your accolades from another school you got to start completely over when you come here and if you're not about that then this isn't the spot for you And and so we we worked hard at trying to protect um, the things that we're trying to build by being open and honest and transparent in recruiting, too. Like, what you're getting ready to do will be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Are you about that? And if you're not, don't come here.
1: I like that. I like that because, again, you know, everything could look cool on paper and you could win the early recruiter, but you really want to win it uh-huh. four or five years down the road, yeah. obviously. And then, you know, no, I'm using like Jeremy Calhoun or R.J. Washington or <laughs> Buki or somebody like that. It's great, man. We just won. We've got a top ten class, you know. And, how many, and then you look down the road and you're like, wait a minute, this was nowhere near a top ten class. And recruiting is an inexact science, but you want to take your chances with the five stars and the high four stars, obviously, particularly if you're Oklahoman, you can get those guys. But um, what do you think? I mean, some people would probably say outside that aren't, you know, Brent, all right, he's sounding, you know, like a lot of coaches uh, would recruit like that. But not everybody does recruit like that because it's hard to tell a kid, you know what, we're not going to give you – like I said, they're 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 way, they've waded into the yeah. nil waters. There's no doubt, and they're at least waist deep now. Maybe they were uh, not quite that deep they were, a they, year were, ago. they were shin
3: deep, yeah, yeah, right.
1: And now they're but at the same time, they're also telling you, man, you have to work here. Yeah, it's you know? not
3: it's it's a it's basically a perform. I, I think Oklahoma does it right. Everybody gets their nil across the board, at least you know forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. You're going to make something if you come to Oklahoma. And that's across the board. So it's you're not gonna sit there and have somebody that's sitting next to you penniless. And I think that's where a lot of these schools screw up. But at the same time, he's also telling you, if you work hard, you do what you're supposed to do. You buy into the culture. You're not a me, me, me guy. You do. You you make plays on the field. Okay. Well, your nil can go up. We're gonna win ball games. And we're gonna make you successful, but you've gotta to work to get to that point. We're not just gonna hand you the money and be like, Oh, here you go. Thanks for coming to Oklahoma. I hope we win. That's not that's not how he he rocks. That's not how the University of Oklahoma has ever rocked. And they're going to push you to the brink. Jerry Schmidt is going to make you work. And if you talk to anybody, I talked to some people that went through all that this summer and their their or their kids went through that. And the coaches were watching it happen. They're like, man, those kids got their asses handed to them this summer. And they, they achened it back to some of these people aching it back to that 2000, 99, 2000, where it was a wake-up call. Oh, big time. Believe me. Wake-up yes. call. Like Some of these dudes were like, whoa, Like we thought we had it hard last year. This was way harder. Everybody to a man said that.
1: Oh, believe me, there there probably wasn't a bigger culture change than Well, Howard and his bottle of Jim Beam was pretty big. John Blake, John Blake's a great guy. And, you know, those guys like Joe Dickinson, people would laugh. No, that was horrible. I mean, he had a good reputation coming Mm -hmm. from, you know, where he had been before. Had some good offenses, but it just didn't mesh for whatever reason. I think John was a better recruiter, you know, position coach, that kind of guy. But believe me, I remember being down, because you could go to some of the practices then and seeing, like, man, this is a whole different level of hard, what I'm looking at right now. And those coaches, they got on them. Stoops and that staff, they got on them, too. But guess what? Second-year national championship. All right. uh, We've got about two minutes left. Um, Right now, what would you put the over and under at for OU in terms of where this 2024 class will finish, because if you're in the SEC, you have got to be—I mean, prefer, preferably—you
3: got to be top ten every year in the
1: top ten every year. Mm-hmm. Because none of this, you know, 17th in the country. Guess what? You're probably not going to do that well in the yeah, SEC. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to at all unless you just coach them up and some of those and some of those kids turn out to be better than they were projected.
3: Yeah, and that's part of it. You 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 got you have to take guys that aren't just. Top two fifty kids or top three hundred sure. or four hundred yeah. kids, you have to.
1: And those, and the Bob, those stats. That's Eval the evaluation. Yes, they, they evaluated, they got, right? They got too. elite
3: guys and they surrounded them by guys they thought they could develop and help those elite guys I win love, something. And, and I that's like what it. you're supposed to do. It
1: like the Dan Cody store, Bob. Hey, just get him here. He looks like a player, you know. Yep. Where are we going to put him, Coach? Just get him here. You know that kind of deal. Yeah, you got to do that sometimes. But where do you think they would, if you had to project right now?
3: Uh, I would put it at seven and a half. I think that would be – and I would take the under right now because I would take – I think Oklahoma's going to finish in the top between four and six six or seven right now.
1: Which, again, you back up another class of the same quality. That's three in a ago. row. That's what you got to do. That is three what in you a row. have to do. I Four mean, in a row,
3: top ten, three in a row, top eight.
1: You're going to be sitting at the card table at Thanksgiving if you're down in the 16-20 range when it comes yeah. to the SEC. You're not going to be at the main table with Bama and Georgia and these other programs. Guess what? LSU's trying to get to the head seat again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of these schools, uh, Oklahoma's kind of in that mix right now behind – Georgia and Bama, who are still, you know, and Georgia's been ahead. It's like Georgia won, Bama won A, but they're in that mix with LSU and Tennessee. Right. And-
3: well, people aren't talking about this. I'm here to tell you all. I know this sounds really weird to say right now, but the fact that Oklahoma and Texas are now in the SEC, and I mean cumulatively, like mm-hmm. Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, which is the state of Oklahoma for the most part, and you have Texas and Texas A&M in the SEC, you just opened up another can of worms for Arkansas and Missouri, once again, to start recruiting at the levels they were, Arkansas before the Southwest Conference ended, and then obviously Missouri before they left for the SEC. Those squads, when they first showed up to the SEC, were filled with elite dudes from Texas and Oklahoma to help them go down and play for two straight SEC title games winning yes yeah, that's right when they first showed up that's you you're, you're creeping that door open and and is as, as great as it is for Oklahoma to have the door open to Georgia to Florida to all that you're also allowing all these other teams in your own state so That's something
1: it's a it's a whole new world beginning next fall there's no doubt about it brandon i appreciate you my man thank you so much for coming in it's great seeing you gosh i haven't seen you in so long like i said i don't leave the house uh (laughs) our home is called we we call it chase stadium but it's really the the first time we the hermitage yeah first
3: time we met was at the crown plaza in 2005 ou texas because i'd always go stay at the big red bash whenever i was in college Oh, man, those were great nights. And you were down there in the breakfast, when you... we were sitting there talking you and um, Pork.
1: Yeah, Todd. Todd Linsby. Todd, and me, Todd yeah, yeah, me, yep. Good guy. Yep. Yeah, and uh, those were fun nights, man, if the Sooners won that game. Mm-hmm. You know, those that that hotel was rocking, no doubt. All right, uh, got to get out of here. We'll get to some text when we get back. Brandon's got to get over to the uh, Players Media get-together over at OU.
3: Appreciate
0: and, you. Uh,
1: appreciate you very much, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, let's break right here. We'll come back. What else are we going to talk about but Sooner Football next right here on the ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network.
1: All right, wanna thank uh Brandon for coming in with us for a little bit. Appreciate that. Oh you insider. The other OU insider, Parker Thune, will be with us at 2 o'clock. Not with us, but with uh, us as in the uh, ref. And uh, with Tyler on Locked In. All right, uh, Pierce Leveholz with us. Real quick, I want to get these in. We had a couple of questions for Brandon, and I. Uh, we wrote these down during the break. Uh, Todd Bates Nemesis asks, Brandon, is, Oklahoma, is there any chance that uh, Oklahoma still has a shot at Peyton Pierce, who was thought to be... Kind of a lot for Oklahoma, then went to Ohio State, was recruited by James Laurenitis and end, uh, ended up committing to the Buckeyes long ago. Brandon said, yes, he believes there is still a chance there, particularly if Oklahoma wins a bunch of football games, that they might have another shot at Peyton Pierce. That's what Brandon said. Uh, Marshall in Woodward. Uh, Jaden Nickens, no, not going to be committing uh, today or soon. Seattle Sooner wants to know, will Dylan Gabriel, how many games will Dylan Gabriel play start to finish before Oklahoma, Texas? Uh, we were thinking about Arkansas State and maybe Tulsa. You know, Kevin Wilson's going to do a good job there. He's a smart guy. He's a brilliant offensive mind. I mean, you think about that Oklahoma offense with Sam Bradford, one of the best in the history of college football, maybe the best before Joe Burrow and that LSU offense. We're thinking probably two, maybe, maybe SMU, who knows, but Arkansas State, you would think yes, maybe the Tulsa game, September sixteenth. How, Pierce? As you look at this Oklahoma schedule, how many games do you even consider that it's a possibility that Oklahoma loses?
4: A possibility, like. Yeah, any, any chance? I mean, if you want to get real, you know,
1: you can say, well, you're going to lose any game. All right, because, you know, Appy State won at Michigan right. and Appy State beat A&M. Realistic. When, you know, but do you think at, that you would look at it and say, okay, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they had a game and maybe lost if they didn't play well. Okay. Like the Cincinnati game. Would that fit in that category? That there's some, lo- some yeah. losability there. There
4: is some, but they just lost Luke Fickle. Yeah. Um, so I think there's going to be some growing pains there. I don't think they'll be bad. Um, I just don't see that being – again, like there is losability there, but I, I think I, I'm confident – in usability On the
1: losability scale, you're looking at what? Three of 10, maybe something yeah. like that?
4: Yeah, I would probably say somewhere around there. Iowa yeah. State at home. Iowa State. The Suitors
1: went to Ames last year. Iowa State, you know, they were uh, drop three, you know, rush three, drop eights. Matt Campbell, good defensive mind. They had a horrible season a year ago. You're playing them at home. Again, should be a victory. It's- I think,
4: yeah, I've got. Two or three on losability here as well. This is But what is the one I mean there's
1: there's a lot like that. Like Texas obviously is gonna be tough. Texas favored.
4: is a very yeah, I think I think they I think OU loses that game. I think Texas is gonna be really good next year. But other than that, man, I mean you guys were kinda talking a little bit at last last segment. Kansas, like you said, I agree, a lot of people are overlooking them. Um, that could be a definitely lose one. In Lawrence, too, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's definitely one Lance you can Lance a heck of a coach. Yeah, Daniel's a yeah. heck of a
1: player. I know the Sooners, you know, won and, and had a really nice day, particularly offensively against KU. Uh, at Oklahoma State, you know, again, Oklahoma's going to be favored. Should go in there and be able to win the
4: game. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about that one. It's a, a rivalry, you know, it is a little bit, you know, a little bit worrying. In but Provo,
1: those you know Oklahoma's zero two against
4: BYU. In Provo's the one that I think is going to sneak up on the the Mormons are going to be
1: drinking. what well, no, they won't be drinking coffee. Maybe yeah, no, they yeah. don't drink coffee either. Oh, true. So
4: they'll be they'll be hydrated. A lot of
1: water. They'll be going severely down. Okay. hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> this is what they will be. But no, um, you know. But here's the deal. In a lot of these games, it's a big deal for Oklahoma to come to town. Still, even yeah. after six and seven, and you know the the disaster that was last year. But there will be – look, Nippert Stadium is going to be going crazy when Oklahoma comes there in week four. Uh, they're going to be going crazy in Provo when Oklahoma gets there, you know, November 18th. What are we thinking about TCU, too? Uh, the Friday weird. game, yeah. Rooster on Fox, day after Thanksgiving, which I hate that kickoff. But TCU again, uh, I, I don't know, last year it was just one of those years where they – Everything went right. They won all the close games and more power to, you know, they had some good players on that roster, clearly.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think one thing people think about a lot is they everyone knows they lose Max Duggan, which, you know, had a great year. Chandler Morris is probably the better quarterback out of that. He just lost it because he got injured.
1: Yeah, he did. And keep in mind, remember what Chandler Morris did the year before against Baylor. Yeah. He lit up a good Baylor team. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean, he had, what did he have, like 600 yards total offense something or something like yeah, that? It was a stupid stat line. So, you know, they're losing Max Duggan, but they're getting a good quarterback there. But they lost a lot of talent everywhere else in that roster. They lost the Avila guy, the offensive lineman. He was really solid. And then they obviously mm. lost Johnston, you know, arguably the best wide receiver in the year last year. Um, they lost that other speedster that was on the inside uh slot. They and then, did, uh the running back too.
1: Right. They did very well in the portal though, because T C oh, yeah, is a hot did. team. You're right. You know, there's a hot they're a hot team, and even though they got their butts kicked so badly by Georgia, that they, they still, again, in the portal, they did pretty well. So um,
4: If I if I had to go with the games that I think are concerning, the most concerning of like very losable games, I think. Texas, BYU and TCU. I think those are the 3. Maybe maybe instead of BYU, UCF.
1: I'm going to put Kansas in there. Um mm. again, but I think uh, TCU it's going to be very interesting because that'll be the uh, the last game of the regular season obviously. Uh I still think TCU is uh, loading up, you know, and and they'll they're not going to be the TCU of a year ago, but there's still going to be a challenge, I think. But the the thing is, what kind of Oklahoma team will we see? Will we will we see the bumbling, Man, stumbling team yeah. of a year ago? I mean, I think this team should win 10 games with a schedule. And you throw in a bowl game, you need to win 10 games. Yeah, But we just don't know. It always sounds good. but And I'm also thinking Texas, okay, on paper, things look good. Still not sold on Quinn Ewers. Not sold on Quinn Ewers. You can talk about arm talent and all of that. His stats were worse than – Well, Dylan Gabriel put up some decent stats, but so much better in every category from DG as compared to Quinn Ewers. And I think last year, you can't throw that game out if you're an Oklahoma fan because it's going to be in your mind for a long, long time. It was so ugly. But that was, again... A horrible situation. You should never be in a quarterback situation like that at the University of Oklahoma where it's basically, yeah, if this guy doesn't play, we are getting absolutely shellacked by a team that was best known for underachieving and not being that tough. And I don't know. We'll see. Um, because I still think that for the most part, most years when Oklahoma's gone down there to play Texas, they've been the more resilient, tougher team that's made more plays. Last year was such a disaster on offense and one of the worst coach games I've ever seen uh, from an OU coaching staff. And I realize there are extreme limitations, but I just don't know. I I just I'm not buying the Texas hype yet. I'm not buying it yet. You're not. No, I look. Should they be favored? Yes, on paper. And they did kick Oklahoma's butt up and down the field last year but it was such a strange situation
4: yeah i try not to, when i'm thinking about my opinion on texas i'm less thinking of last year I'm, I'm really looking at it i mean that's all you can do before the season is look at it on paper and i think on paper they have the best roster just because they didn't lose a lot other than Bijan. oh yeah oh, no they're two running backs obviously you know that's a big loss i'm not saying that's not but you still have xavier worthy who oh, i think receiving core is really good i think they have uh Xavier Worthy could end up winning the Blitnikoff. I know Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably gonna win it, but I mean I think Xavier Worthy is really good, man. He's really fast. So looking at the offense, I mean, they're gonna be really solid. Who's the what's the name of that receiver with the long hair? Jordan Whittington. Yeah. I mean, he's great. He's a he's a crazy underrated receiver. Um, so they've got a lot going on there. They have one of the best offensive lines in the country. Offensively, that team is great. Yeah. It's really just what kind of defense you get out of Texas this year.
1: Well, they got the uh, receiver from Georgia, too, coming through the portal. The, yeah, uh, you they know, do. They Man, got, I forgot about that. Uh, the tight end, Jadavion Sanders, is big time, too. So, yeah, look, on the roster looks good. Yeah. It's usually not about the roster for Texas. It's Very about true. the culture and the coaching and the, how many boosters are getting involved and the chemistry on the team. But, um, I don't know, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, from That's Texas yeah. so we'll see okay let's take, uh, let's take a break right here 405-651-3439 uh, appreciate you guys today and I appreciate uh, Brandon Drum coming in it was great to see Brandon and uh, you know uh, a lot of good questions for Brandon we appreciate that alright let's come back let's hear some more from Brent Venables when we get back Mike Steely, along with Pierce Lefaholtz here at the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios on a red hot Tuesday it's already 100 degrees coming right back here on the home of Sooner fans
0: The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. All
1: right, back with you. I just saw Parker. He's uh, warming up in the bullpen to go on with uh, Tyler McComas at 2 o'clock. He said that uh, Emmett Jones, uh, he put up a quote from Emmett Jones about, remember, Gavin Freeman was originally headed to Texas Tech. And I guess he shared a story at Media Day today that he was told to to back off Gavin Freeman because they were trying to distance themselves from him or whatever. And uh, Parker, I guess, put that quote out. On Twitter, I try and stay off Twitter if I can during the show because I don't want to get lost in Twitter unless somebody texts me. Hey, guess somebody just committed or whatever. Check out this. But anyway, I guess the tech fans are coming after that and the whole situation. But the tech fans are low down dirty scumbags, is what they are. Um, so anyway, but. Uh, I want to relate that, and I'm sure Parker will share more of what was said and how this Twitter war is going right now. But that's coming up at 2 o'clock with Locked In with Parker and Tyler McComas. Brent Venables did say this again today. He, he Again, he continues to sing the praises of one Gavin Freeman.
2: Again, I said this before, the best receiver coming out of the spring was Gavin Freeman by long ways. And and some people say, "Oh, then we must, you know, we must suck then at receiver." I don't think that's, that's um, reflective of that whatsoever. I think it's more about what Gavin Freeman brings to the table, and how hard he works, how much he cares, and his talent and ability. If you look at his measurables, he's uh, one of the fastest guys on our team. Uh, You know, both linear and change of direction, and and you can't you can't uh you know, some guys they, they they always make the play some guys get open some guys uh, make the tough plays uh you know the competitive plays and some guys don't and uh they come in all shapes and sizes and my man is wide open. He wins everything out here with Schmidt. If Schmidt stood up here right now and want to talk about Gavin Freeman, you know, y'all be here till midnight tonight. And and uh, and so I say that with all appreciation and thankfulness for Gavin and his mindset, his attitude, and and then what he's done. Is he makes everybody around him better. And and so that's how I see it. Some people are like, oh man, we must really be hurting. That's not how I see it.
1: There you go, Brent on uh, Gavin Freeman. And, uh, you know, we continue to hear he had that incredible, uh, you know, play early last year, had a great catch later in the season. He's got a lot of ability. But I I like where Brent said a lot of people are going to think immediately, oh, well, well, we must suck at wide receiver. But this kid is making plays. He's making a lot of plays. Now, you're also hearing some buzz about Jaquay's Petaway, that he's going to be big time. Um, I Emmett Jones said earlier this morning, you know, in, in a sound bite that uh, Jalil Farouk, what he's doing too, and they want to keep getting the ball in his hands. Even used Percy Harvin as an example that he can make plays like that. But Gavin Freeman's just one of those guys that continues to just keep impressing the coaching staff. Time and time again they bring his name up.
4: I mean, it's definitely just fun seeing a walk-on like that, you know, earn a scholarship. I mean, it's this is the fun story. This is, this is the one that you want to see like in going into the football season, watching a guy it's, he's so easy to cheer for. And then well, it was his first touch that he took that 80-yard touchdown, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just – that's exactly what you want to see for an offense. I mean, he, I'm really excited to see him this year and see what he can do.
1: All right. Uh, so, again, 405-651-3439. Chevrolet text line. What is Twitter? You mean – yeah, I'm freaking X. God, that's just – ugh. You know what? I hate maniacal trillionaires. Really? Yes. That's surprising. I mean, most people wouldn't say, you know what? <laughs> I really love a good egomaniacal <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, trillionaire. No, yeah. but Normally. But I'm just, you know, it, it just drives me crazy. Like I said, I'm old. I don't like change. I get that. But it's just, uh, what do you think of the current state of X? It looks like, when, by the way, I'm trying to send some links now. Like if I see a good, like here's an interview with, I, there, there was a 60 Minutes clip that was on, I'm calling it Twitter, I don't care. Charles Barkley talking about he has no relationship with Michael Jordan, now they're, they're not friends because he criticized MJ. So I was thinking about maybe if it gets slow, it be, might be interesting to play that bite and do two minutes on that. Can't send the link because apparently now you have to have, uh, you know, the, you have to pay for that now to send the link yes well oh. at least for it to show up you can send it but when it show, it just has the x logo so i don't know if you can't oh. that's it because a lot of the stuff uh sound wise you know and Todd mcobos does the same thing because we want as much sound as we can get and sometimes we'll see something yeah i'm going to send that to myself remember cut that audio in the morning it doesn't show up now so i'm betting that's because they're gonna hey dude you know what we'll do this you better pay that eight dollars a month or whatever it is it's ridiculous okay uh 405-651-3439 shark says hey man steel man we're in the same boat my friend you mean the geriatric boat is that what you're talking about or the social media boat i'm thinking the same boat could be both the geriatric boat and the social media boat do, 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 do There's always, uh, Todd Bates Nemesis says, uh, talking about Texas, they always have the best roster on paper. Well, they certainly, yeah. It's never been a talent issue at Texas. It's never been an issue of being able to get kids to come to the University of Texas to play football. It's been a problem of coaching them up. It's been a problem of uh, culture. It's been a, uh, you know, and you always hear that it's, too many of the uh, boosters trying to get involved and, uh, you know, enough coaches that maybe couldn't get them to. It's hard when you try, I'm sure as a coach, you know, you've got a guy, you know, this guy gives 4 million a year or whatever. He wants to talk to you about the quarterback situation. You can say no, right? right? But you can also say, yeah, I'll talk to him about the quarterback situation. Sure. Yeah. Hey, Bill. Yeah, thanks for all. Yeah, I know the oil well's going great. Yeah, you get you still get your suite, but you know what? Yeah, I'm the coach. I decide who's quarterback. Boom. You know, whatever. I don't know how those conversations go, and I don't even know if there are anything close to that. But at the same time, I'm sure there is some massaging of egos where it just sounds like Texas has more boosters that want to put an assistant coach's headset on maybe than just about anywhere else.
4: Yeah, I mean, Texas a and probably up there as well on just those kind of schools that get a lot of recruits but nothing done. I mean, that's got to be it there. It's just the, uh, like you said, headsets from the suites is mm-hmm. obviously is not working out too much for them lately. I had a question I wanted to ask you earlier when y'all Go were talking. It. We played that, uh, that quote from Brent uh, just talking about the culture here and not promising a lot to recruits. You know, they still got to work for it. I wonder what the difference – in this new nil landscape between the schools who pay that money like give them the bag like A&M for example whereas their top players are getting a lot of millions of dollars but then like your offensive line gets like 500 bucks i wonder how much of like which route is going to work best either paying everybody like making sure everyone gets a pretty good you know solid chunk of change or just paying those playmakers and kind of going like that. I mean, that.
1: I would think that it would be the Oklahoma way, whoever else is doing that besides Oklahoma. But, again, w- Williams, Airy will still get a nice chunk of change, right? Right, Damon yeah. I, yeah I'm, give, not, I'm not saying not yeah. paying
4: the top, but making sure everyone it's making it spread out. Cause... Look, jealousy
1: is a very real human emotion. Oh, yeah. And you can talk about whether or not, you know, I realized we had to get this kid, and he's making, you know, he got a bag worth $400,000, and – Yes, I'm getting 400 a month or whatever, or or, or 1,000 a month. That's not going to bother me. Guess what? Eventually, that's going to be you. an issue yeah. because humans are going to human, right? So I, I like Oklahoma's approach. I don't know that they're willing to go out and make a phone call to say, we need 400,000 more. Maybe they can, but I don't know. But it, it certainly looked like what happened with David Hicks last year. You know, that. Yeah. They, they, they were involved, and they were willing to pay to a certain extent. And A&M said, you know, call Billy Bob. You know, he's got his oil well production way up or whatever. And uh, that ended up being the real difference. See, like with somebody like uh, our friend Wallace Marsh, all right, I don't see Wallace Marsh, who is a big contributor and has his suite at the games and is a really good dude, very smart guy, obviously, in the oil business. He's, he's just a good dude. But I don't see him like wanting to make a call and, and talk to Brent about how they align up on defense or anything. He just wants OU football to be as good as it can be. Yeah, that's right? All right.
4: yeah. I, I wonder at what point do the boosters at Texas realize that they're the problem, if that if that is what's happening.
1: Do people in Texas ever think they're you know, the problem? That's a good point. You know, it's always that's the rest of the country. So probably not.
4: All right, we get a break right here. 405-651-3439. Four zero five
1: six five one thirty four thirty nine. Uh, 405-651-3439. It sounds like every recruit is going to OU. It's hilarious. Hashtag lazy radio. Uh, that was never said one time. Never said that every recruit was going to OU. So live in your own world and think that and uh, stay right there because you probably are going to need a straight jacket and a padded cell. Was never said one time. We'll be right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans.
0: This is the REF Sports Radio Network. All right, welcome back.
1: 405-651-3439. Hey, thanks again to Brandon Drum for coming in today. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of our great sponsors. We love Riverwind. They've got a brand-new Beats and Bite show uh, that they just announced yesterday coming October 22nd outdoors on the ale Works Beats and Bite stage. Jen Blossom's coming back gin blossoms will be there october 22nd they've rescheduled that show beats and bites in the fall remember they did uh, the battle of beats and bites last year i love that idea of one fall beats and bites show i like to extend like let's do a couple why not great idea uh, we do have one more Beats and Bite show coming up, by the way. Remember, we had 38 Special and uh, Blue Oyster Coal. We will have the Gin Blossoms tonics coming, I believe, again uh, as well. Uh, we also had uh, Mark Chestnut, Shannon and Tracy Bird back in July. We have a show for Gary Allen coming up August 26th. Outdoors on the uh, Coupeville Works Beats and Bite stage. All those great local food trucks out there. Games for the kids. Kids under 12 get in free and tickets they're only 10 bucks 10 bucks that is it ladies and gentlemen 10 bucks great entertainment value and again you've got uh, that great food out there games for the kids arts and crafts bring your uh, folding chairs out there Uh, August 26th to see Gary Allen and put this in your calendar. October 22nd, rescheduled show, Fall Beats and Bites with the Gin Blossoms. And, again, they've got great promotions happening now in the month of August just underway. The uh, 17th birthday celebration is underway. Birthday 17 wishes to winnings uh, celebration is happening. Get out there uh, all month for your chance to win up to $500 in cash. And they have the 100K New Scene 17 Celebration underway. Win your share of up to $100,000 in cash and bonus play. It is unbelievable the great promotions they always have at Riverwind Casino. And plus, just get out there to see the, uh, the renovated, uh, newly redesigned Riverwind Casino gaming floor and everything. They've got uh, so many cool new areas over there. You'll love it. Riverwind Casino was already the best, and the best has got, gotten better. Okay, you want to get a couple of uh, texts in? It's hot, no sports talk uh, to talk about except recruiting and some uh, A-somethings from other schools trying to chap off old man. Hey, you're not allowed to call me old man Steely. Only I can almost call myself old man Steely. Ready for talking season to be over. You and me both, man. You and me both. Well, we could be talking about the baseball trade deadline or something like that. No, it, this, I've got a,
4: I've got a TV on right here for this that. Is,
1: uh, as Otani's not going anywhere, so who cares, no, right? Yeah. So, yep. anyway, uh, ba, 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 ba. here's a question Are there college players making more money than the position coaches? I, maybe, I think It so. wouldn't surprise me. I think like Caleb I, Williams I, I, is probably making more w- than a
0: bunch,
4: oh, right? I would think so, yes. I mean, look, that's got to be a weird locker room, you know. You, your position coach is just not making near as much as you as a. 19-year-old college kid.
1: Jeremiah wants to hear, are we going to hear about Art Vandalay today? He's a great latex salesman, yes. That's what he is. He's not a recruit. He's a latex salesman. We, we get it. Um, so, uh, TCU does have a new offensive coordinator with Riley going. That's right. Yeah, they do. Um, I don't know. Uh, TCU, I think, is going to be pretty good. But the Sooners haven't been Norman. <sighs> I don't know. And, and you were talking about just then, again, is That's a really good question because, yes, there are going to be some players that are making more than some of these position coaches. Now, look, most of your big NIL money is coming at Power 5 schools that are pretty darn good and take their football very seriously. But they're still, I, you know, I don't know. Would, would DJ Hicks, this would he be making more than some of the A&M assistants? I don't know. A&M pays pretty well. Yeah, There's a lot of money pain, at A&M. Yeah. But, yes, I would say in some cases the answer to that question would be a yes. Let's give the perspective of a young and an old, because as much as I'm excited to go to the SEC and see new matchups and get away from freaking Iowa State coming in at 11 a.m. and all that stuff, and to see Tennessee roll in maybe uh, at night, that's happened before, not too long ago here in Norman. But I'm still unsure about the future of college football, man. And maybe it's an old thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited to see how it turns out, but I am not sure that we're not going to look back in five to ten years and go, oh, man, we ruined something really special.
4: I think we already have got past that point. I'm on the same boat as you. I, I Again, I, NIL was something that should have been done, you know, out of fairness to the players, but in moderation. You know, whenever I first heard NIL coming up and being brought up, I thought it was going to be – you can make money off your jersey, mm-hmm. or like your you're in a video. Oh, game, it's clear. You know what I mean? Pay for play. And There's no doubt. It just in most it.
1: situations, it pay, it's pay for play.
4: It just it needed to be regulated, and now that it's not, it's you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, and it's just going to be the wild west for a while here. I mean, if you were getting money before
1: you are, I mean, you can't pay the guy, but you can still, if you're saying, I, I, I he was an importer exporter. That's right. But then I think he went into latex sales, Big Rick, didn't he? Remember Jerry said, and you want to be my latex salesman. I don't know, but I, I think that it's just such a slippery slope we're on, and we're sliding downhill right now. The transfer portal is pretty bad, too. I would say yes. I mean, it's too easy. It's way too easy.
4: I think the transfer portal is fixable. I don't know about NIL. I I think they'll figure out the transfer portal and find a way to to make it to where it won't be as I hope so egregious. Me too.
1: I hope so. Me too. Because college football is what we live for, man. I mean, we all love the NFL, most of us do, and other sports. But for me, it was—it's always been about college football. I completely agree. It's just more passion. Yes, absolutely. There's nothing like a college football Saturday. All right, got a break for well, the next show coming in that would be locked in with. Parker Thune and Tyler McOwen today. I want to thank Brandon Drum for coming in. I want to thank Dr. Bellardo, the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, and I want to thank the one, the only Riverwind Casino. August twenty-second, another Beats and Bites show with the Gin Blossoms. Get online, get your tickets. We'll see you.